0: And welcome back to the Natural Solutions Podcast. I'm Maya, your host, and we are here um, for a new episode with my guest, Megan Brynock. And Megan is a functional practitioner, and she came to join us today to talk about all about women's health and hormones and how she works with women on a one on one basis. So, Megan decided to. Follow her dream and become a, fact, a functional practitioner in women's health. So she is also the owner of the Balanced Women's Podcast and her own program, which is a one-on-one program with women called She Code. So I hope that you enjoy today's podcast. Why don't we take a listen? Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Natural Solutions Podcast. I'm Maya, your host, your certified functional medicine practitioner and soon-to-be naturopath, which is kind of cool, but today we're here to welcome Megan. So thank you so much, Megan, for being with us today.
1: Thank you, Maya. I'm so grateful to be here and excited to vibe out on topics that we are going to kind of geek out a little bit on, because our nerd brains, I'm sure, will come out.
0: Yeah, totally. You know, but the funny thing is, is that I didn't think I had a nerd brain until about four or five years ago, but you have a bigger nerd brain than me, as it seems based on all of the experience that you had in the healthcare section. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about your specialty and, um, and who you work with?
1: Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, it has changed and evolved over the years. Um, you know, I really was in conventional medicine up until now, but in functional medicine specifically right now, working in the functional medicine space as a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, um, which is a really long fancy (laughs) label, I guess, if you want to call it that, um, really just a practitioner for holistic health and helping women really, really get to the root cause of hormone and gut issues. That's kind of my love language, our hormones, um and the gut because that's really where my journey started and that was really my story that I struggled with for a long time um but I also dabbled into you know competing as a fitness competitor so I carried that piece of my story into becoming a personal trainer and so at this point working in women's health inside of my program she code I help women to become empowered and stop accepting their symptoms as normal and get to the root cause of why they're feeling sick why they're having these symptoms and what's really preventing them from looking and feeling their best and i love doing this because when women feel good and they go out into the world and they do wonderful things um so i love showing them how great it feels to wake up and be energized um and really be balanced from the inside out right um so i do functional labs, which I'm sure you do a lot of in your practice. So, um, you know, I do things like the Dutch test, the GI map, the HTMA, um, sometimes food sensitivity, if you know, they're experiencing a lot of gut issues and we want to kind of avoid things for sure. Um, there's tons and tons of tests, a lot of thyroid testing. A lot of the Mm -hmm. women I work with have significant hormonal imbalances, parasites, pathogens in the gut, and, um, a lot of autoimmunity I'm seeing, um, a lot of autoimmunity actually with the thyroid, which is such a detriment. Um, As women, we kind of have that little weakness, unfortunately, but I help them with the labs, the lifestyle, um, finding the right diet for them. I don't like to use the word diet, but just showing them how to stop quantifying food and start qualifying it. Um, So yeah, all the things. And then once we're healed and we go through the process, I love teaching them how to live in alignment with their cycle. So cycle syncing is a huge part of what I do after we go through the healing process.
0: Okay, well, you brought up a few um, points there that I'd like to expand on even before we go into a little bit more about you. But you mentioned um, functional diagnostic testing, and you brought Mm -hmm. up some names like Dutch Test and GI Map. And for some of our listeners, they're not going to understand what those (laughs) letters mean, um, because even conventional doctors don't really use that kind of testing. Um, So maybe you could just explain really quickly what a Dutch test is and then also a GI map
1: test. Yeah, absolutely. Those are two of my favorite tests, so for sure. they're both very comprehensive but in short the dutch is actually an acronym that stands for dried urine total comprehensive hormone test and so it's nice because you could do it in the comfort of your own home but essentially what we're doing is testing the hormone metabolites so it's a lot different than getting your blood work done where we're looking at a snapshot in time um, and it's even more accurate than getting your blood serum levels Um, also the same thing with saliva so it's really cool because not only are we seeing the production of hormones, but we're seeing how your body is using it, how it's being processed in your liver, what pathways is it going down? Is it favoring a pathway that could be dangerous for your health or is it favoring a pathway that is good, like that we want to favor, you know? Um, But it's also amazing because it points the fingers at where can we go from here? Like if there's an imbalance, what is driving this? Is it inflammation? what is that inflammation? What is that hidden stressor going on? We need to dig deeper. Um, How is your circadian rhythm? You know, are you following the sleep and wake cycles that as human beings we need to be following? Um, You know, are you dealing with estrogen dominance? Are you, do you have any progesterone happening in your body? So all these really important things that contribute to so many symptoms of, fatigue and infertility and horrible PMS and weight gain and anxiety and irritability and bloating and all of the things. Um, So this Dutch test is very comprehensive in your hormones, stress and sex hormones. Um, And then it also gives us some markers for like, Glutathione. Like it looks at your master antioxidant. It looks at your vitamin B markers. Um, It looks at your serotonin and dopamine markers. So it's really kind of like my starting point with women to see hey, how is your body handling stress right now? And then what is our next best step? So, you know, I always say in functional medicine, it could be a little overwhelming. And unfortunately, insurance doesn't cover it, which is kind of. We don't like that part, right? <laughs> Hopefully, that changes soon. But um, it's a really great starting point to see where we can dig deeper. And then the GI map is the second, my second favorite one because we're looking at the e- ecology of your gut. Our gut, our GI tract, is from our mouth to our butt, to put lightly. And there is a lot of things happening in there. You know, I love to say that we are not what we eat, but we are what we absorb. And so we need to make sure that your beneficial bacteria. Is in balance with your quote-unquote bad bacteria we need to make sure there's no parasites in there no pathogens that are just wreaking havoc and making a home in your gut getting up into your liver Um, and so there's just a lot of healing opportunities with both of these tests both of which are done in the comfort of your home so that's always nice too
0: yes totally and I'm it is unfortunate that a lot of these tests are not covered by insurance Um, and I know it's different out in the U.S. and Canada than it is here in Europe. Um, sure. But even, even here, if you do have private insurance, it doesn't matter. It's not covered. So it's always, always a, a point of, um, of issue with new clients that, that we see. So oh, yeah. I, w- I wanted to keep going and, and speak a little bit more about you and how you got into this space, what is your backstory? What is your connection um, with the beginning of your career? And you mentioned also being in uh, bikini body um, competitions and now in the functional medicine space. So, why don't you share a little bit more about that?
1: Oh, sure, sure. So, I will give you the condensed short story because, like all of us, it is a very long, windy, and crazy journey. Mm. But um, essentially, I didn't know what the heck that I wanted to do with my career at a very young age, um, but I was always that kid who, I was very intuitive at a young age, knowing that I didn't wanna put a lot of medicine into my body. Um, I remember even um, like taking birth control cause it was like the cool thing to do when you, know, you were a little teeny bopper. Um, your friends were on birth control and the doctor offered it. But looking back, like I was sick a lot, had a lot of allergy problems, dark circles under my eyes, eczema, nosebleeds, all of the things, and I don't, those are the big things that I remember from back then, but not knowing what I wanted to do, going into healthcare was something that was kind of pushed, like, hey, this is a stable job, you can make great money, you can be financially independent, that sort of thing. Um, And so I started actually as a certified nursing assistant working in nursing homes, long-term care facilities, rehab facilities, and that takes a very special heart to do that job. (laughs) I did that job for three years and I did not enjoy it. I mean, I enjoyed the patients, but it is back-breaking work. And I was exposed to working with doctors and physical therapists and nurses and seeing what They actually did because I I was considering being a nurse and a doctor and I actually realized that I didn't like what they did. I was like, oh, we're kind of just like writing prescriptions, giving pills. I mean, I was in the long-term care facility, so it was a little different than outpatient and hospitals and that sort of thing, but I then met my husband who had all of his stuff together, what seemed like, and I was like, I'm just this girl over here. I don't know what I want to do. (laughs) And I ended up going, he kind of motivated me to go back to school and just just be really ambitious. And I was never really ambitious before, kind of always quit everything I started. Mm -hmm. And I found myself in this place of just being really motivated to make the best possible life. I already had a couple years in medical experience, medical knowledge, and I found ultrasound. So that was the bulk of my career in conventional medicine, Um, not just babies and bellies. I wish that's what it was mostly. I mean, I did work for a high-risk OB, but mostly my career was um, general ultrasound. So livers, gallbladders, biliary system, kidneys, the pancreas, the spleen, all of that, the thyroid. And the uterus the ovaries and then we did some ob but then i also went and got registered as a vascular tech so i did a lot of brain scans um arteries veins and you know your carotid arteries your legs your arms the stents the bypasses the or all of the things so i had such a robust experience i got to travel my husband was deployed in 2018 so while he was gone i took contract work and traveled around and it was such a good experience um But I'm going to be frank in saying that although I worked my way up in that career, and I became a supervisor of a very, very well-known hospital in Texas, and it was just, it was a great hospital to work at, but I started seeing like the business side of healthcare, and I really didn't like that. Um, I was already feeling a little bit out of alignment with my career in ultrasound, and I actually, when I felt that in 2018, when I was competing and everything, that's actually when I um, became a certified personal trainer. And I started coaching on the side and like dabbling into that stuff, following people on social media and kind of seeing that you can make a career out of it. I was like, Whoa, what is this? (laughs) Um, and you know, long story short, my passion for doing ultrasound and having that career that I saw myself having, it started to fade away when I saw what was possible.
0: Hmm. And
1: when I saw more of the preventative side, and so there was this desire inside of me to change my career but what ultimately happened i always say i found my purpose in my pain because i got really really sick in 2020 so as you can imagine being a fitness competitor it's a very very masculine push hard work out all the time i didn't have the best metabolism so i was eating very little while i was working night shift and then second shift and then holidays and weekends and trying to build a business and being an army wife and Mm -hmm. being a firm mom to five. So just had a lot on my plate and I just kept driving myself into the ground, feeling so out of alignment with what I was doing and what I wanted. And I hit a wall in my health. Um, This is kind of turning into a long story, but um, I did get a diagnosis when I was 18 of irritable bowel syndrome, kind of ignored that kind of put that on the back burner after getting tons and tons of tests and seeing doctors and never having an answer, mm-hmm. and so when I found myself in 2020 hitting this total wall, um, I reached out to my doctors. I had a miscarriage. I broke out in psoriasis all over my chest, all over my leg, and I was still managing that ultrasound department, still trying to follow my dreams of building the business on the side and getting out of ultrasound, but I just couldn't even like get out of bed and. It wasn't me. My face looked different. I was broken out in acne. It felt like it happened overnight that my health just hit a wall. Mm -hmm. Um, And this was right after I started, I decided to stop competing because my body was not responding. I was doing cardio 10 hours a week, lifting six hours a week on top of working, eating 1300 calories. And I had tunnel vision of my goals, but I wasn't seeing how destroyed my metabolism was. So long story short, again, I'm trying to keep this short, but it's like so much happened. No, thank you for sharing. This
0: is good. People need to hear this.
1: Oh, well, thank you. Cause I feel like I'm a little all over the place. It's like, I don't want to leave out the important parts because I mean, it's all relevant. It's all important. Um, but I think the most pivotal part for me actually getting into functional medicine was, you know, I had all this experience in healthcare. I knew how to advocate for myself. Like my patients would come to me and I had to take their full history. I had to do the ultrasounds. I had to find the pathology and call the radiologist and use my intuition and use my gut and like be like, hey, I just want you to know this is what I saw. I never saw this before. They look at it and they're like, oh my gosh, we need to get them up to the OR. Like I knew how to take a history and how to look at the body in a certain type of a way. But you never learn about, even as nurses and doctors and and what I was doing, you don't learn about the body and how it functions as a whole together. And so when I got really sick and I couldn't peel myself out of bed, I was literally calling off of work while I was managing this department and I didn't know what was going on. My husband was gone too, by the way. It was such a traumatic time. I went to my doctor and I was just like, look, I don't know what's wrong with me. I advocated so well for myself myself. And it took weeks and multiple appointments and blood work and this and that to again hear, oh, everything looks great. Your labs look great. You know, and I I did leave out from the time I was 18 until 26 when that started to happen. There were multiple ER visits where I had like these flare-ups and painful you know, bloating and what felt like my appendix was rupturing to just be told like after getting a CAT scan and an x-ray, oh, you know, it's all in your head. And just so frustrating because I was eating healthy and I was, you know, moving my body and doing all the things that we're told to do, but I didn't know that I was driving myself into the ground. I didn't know I didn't know what I know now. And when I went to the doctor and felt so dismissed again that like, what do you mean I'm showing up with this psoriasis and this acne? Look at me. I'm puffy. I don't even look like myself. I don't recognize the woman looking back at me. And I had no answer. I had no follow-up. Oh, she did offer me a pill to literally skip my period because I was, it was basically like a war zone when I was having my period during this time. It was awful. And so I was not willing to accept that. I was like, you know what? Enough is enough. I have spent thousands of dollars on doctors and specialists and tests and blood work, going to the chiropractor, and you know the chiropractor is like a love of mine. I I feel like that really was the glue holding me together for a lot of years, and having muscle and really that was like the only thing holding my metabolism (laughs) together. But I found functional medicine. I interviewed a bunch of different practitioners. I knew who like Dr. Ax was. I already had a business um, in Arbon, which is like one of my it's my network marketing business, and so I knew what preventative health was, and I started learning about how important nutrition was instead of just counting calories and going on a diet and all that silly stuff that really is not really is not helping us it's hurting us more than it's helping us and I found this practitioner who does what I do now. And she interviewed me and she asked me like questions. No other physician has ever asked me before. No doctor has ever asked me. And she flat out just was kind of like, girl, we need to dig into your gut. Like there is some stuff going on. And she told me about these functional tests. And I was like, I've never heard of this. Um, and so she actually gave me this vision of like, why don't you do this? Why don't you do what I do? And the rest was kind of history. I healed myself while I went through school and my program, She Code, kind of was born from there in February of 2021 after I went through my own healing process. Um, So she is just a year old. And yeah, I mean, it's just been this crazy journey and I feel like I'm still healing because I went so under the radar for so many years that it just takes a long time to heal your body.
0: Hmm. Okay. Well, you just <laughs> unpacked a whole bunch of information there, and like I said, it was so needed. Um, what you said, and I, I just want to go back to that and see what I can remember. Um, now, you said that she asked you your your practitioner asked you some questions that not even physicians um, or other practitioners were asking you. Um, do you remember what some of those questions were that you might even be asking your clients nowadays?
1: Yeah, I was just gonna say that um, I—that's part of my intake process now—is like, hey, you know, well, sometimes we don't know how well our mother's pregnancy went. Sometimes we don't have the answer to that question, but it's going back as far as were you vaginally delivered or were you a C-section baby? Because that could be the difference of inoculation or not. That could be the difference of bacteria in your gut. Were you? Um, Breastfed, or were you bottle fed? That could make mm-hmm. a difference in your gut. And not that that's a determining factor by any means of how your health is going to be, but it certainly is a piece of the puzzle, right? Because mm-hmm. our health is the sum of everything our decisions, our diet, our environments. Um, the other question would be like, where did I grow up? Did I grow up in the city, or did I grow up in a rural area where? farm fields were around where there was extra exposure to things like pesticides and herbicides in the in the soil and in the environment um and then you know just environmental factors of what type of kitchenware am I using you know because that could lead to heavy metal toxicity um all of the things in your environment And then a lot of stuff about periods, right? Because I always say now that I know our period is our fifth vital sign. And so how is your period? Are you getting it every 28 days or, or, you know, 26 to 32 days? Is it normal? Are you having PMS? Um, All of these seemingly basic questions, even about my habits. What time do I go to bed? What time do I wake up? Am I using my phone? at 10 o'clock at night, like all of these basic questions about what I do from a day to day and what my lifestyle was like that, I don't know. I feel like when we go to our PCP or OB-GYN, it's all about family history and things that are relevant, but not as relevant as the person we are standing before them. When I always say like genetics load the gun, but lifestyle pulls the trigger. Yeah. You said it right too.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, Another thing you mentioned is chiropractic and you said it was kind of the glue that held you together. Um, I come from a chiropractic family. Oh, awesome. Yeah, my dad was a chiropractor for 45 years. Um, Most of my friends are chiropractors and I work, uh, I give consultations at a chiropractic clinic when I see people face to face. So tell me at that time, why was chiropractic actually quite important to you? And, and how did they listen to you differently maybe than your other practitioners?
1: Mm, for sure. Um, well, they actually listened. <laughs> um, they actually spent their time with me when I saw them. Mm. And it was quite interesting because while, you know, I was manifesting a lot of gut issues internally that I didn't necessarily know about, I kind of just accepted it as my normal over time. I had insane back and shoulder and neck issues and it was exacerbated by what I thought was repetitive motion from being an ultrasound tech of course that didn't help but I was holding so much stress in my body from unresolved traumas and also because of a lot of inflammation that was going on in my gut and I saw multiple different chiropractors for multiple seasons of my life in different you know different focuses, but all kind of correlating to the same thing where, you know, I remember one of the first chiropractics I saw, they explained like the nervous system and Hey, like how your nerves are connected to your gut. And like, you could be having gut issues because you're out of alignment and, um, all of the things really came together. And so I was getting adjustments on a very regular basis. Mm -hmm. I did like the rapid, is it called RRT, rapid release therapy? Mm-hmm. Um, I did the cryo freeze. I did all types of things. And I even found out the atlas of my spine was malrotated. And that was attributing to a lot of issues. And I found out that I had a brain malformation, all of which I didn't see on my MRI at the time because I wasn't well versed in that. And my doctor completely just disregarded it. And um, they just wanted to give me Cymbalta as a nerve blocker and yeah, it's kind of crazy.
0: Did you get a diagnosis of Chiari 1 malformation syndrome?
1: Arnold Chiari malformation, yeah.
0: Wow, well, we we should have a conversation about that at another time, because my story is pretty crazy, but anyway.
1: Oh, wow, for sure, I'd love to, I'd love to
0: hear your story. Um, Wow, okay, so it seems like you tried um, many different methods of chiropractic, and you you actually were followed by uh, quite a few chiropractors and they did listen to you and they did explain things to you that you weren't weren't sure of at the time. Um, So moving on from that, I I wanna go back to some of these questions I have for you because you mentioned a bunch of symptoms that you had. Yeah. Not just pain related, but also gut related and just for what it seems like you, you know, you said you ran yourself into a ground. So you must've been extremely fatigued. Would that be right to say?
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, um, you know, before I finally put my foot down and said I wasn't willing to accept this when that doctor came back and when I showed up with that psoriasis all over and could barely get myself out of bed, that was like the biggest thing. I would come home and I lost all motivation to go to the gym, which used to be a huge piece of my life as a competitor. <laughs> I would come home from working like a 7-8 hour shift cuz sometimes I would be like, "Can I just leave work early cuz I can't get through the day?" And I would sleep for like 15 hours and still be exhausted. Like I couldn't sleep enough. Um, so that was, and, and the unstable energy. And that's something that I see in women all the time. Wow.
0: Um, that would open it if I say the word adrenal fatigue, that will open up a whole nother can of worms. So I'm I'm not going to go there at this moment. But from what I understand, you see women that have a lot of common symptoms and hormonal issues, but maybe you could just um, summarize for us. What are some of the common symptoms that you do see and some of the hormonal issues that the majority of your clients um, are dealing with?
1: Yeah, for sure. So, I actually I'm, I'm so glad that you asked that because I was doing some reflecting on last year. Like I said, she code is officially a, a little over a year old now, mm-hmm. and I wanted to put together, go through all the consults that I had, all the documents, and every single woman that I have saw I've seen in my practice, whether we work together or not. These were the common trends where I had over seventy consults last year alone, and at least, like every single one of them said, at least this. So um, there was fatigue, like you alluded to, um, whether it was unstable energy or just crash and burn, or the wired and tired feeling where you just get that burst of energy at night when we should be getting ready to sleep. Um, PMS. So all the symptoms that could really go along with that premenstrual syndrome. Um, which is after you ovulate before seven to 10 days, basically before your period, it could be anything from headaches to leg cramps, which sometimes we don't even think that to be PMS, but the moodiness, the bloating, the fatigue. um, And then the heavy or painful periods is a big one. Irregular periods, PCOS, um, very common. And Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure every single woman I've ever worked with, said, I either think that I have it, or I've been told that I might have it. Um, And that's one of those ones that there's no positive or negative. It's kind of the quad marker where, you know, do you have, do you, do you check these four boxes? Okay, we think you have this. And then even still, it's like, hey, take the mini pill and disregarding the fact that it's a metabolic syndrome and not an ovarian syndrome. (laughs) Um, But also infertility, uh, bloating, Acne or skin issues, whether that's psoriasis or eczema or dry skin, Um, weight gain or weight loss resistance, like we're doing all the things and nothing is happening or we're gaining weight, Um, and insomnia. So, whether that's you can't fall asleep at night um, or you're waking up in the middle of every single night, whether it's to pee or you're just tossing and turning, um, those are really the things that I see. And so I would say the bulk now, like running the functional labs and really getting to the nitty gritty of what is causing these symptoms is actually very similar to what my findings were. So it's things like estrogen dominance, um, perimenopausal hormones in women who are in their 30s and 40s and shouldn't be experiencing that. Um, Then there's also like methylation issues where our detox pathways become blocked. Um, And then H. pylori. Which is a huge gut infection, or giardia, which is one of the more common parasites, um, and then heavy metal toxicity and mineral imbalances, you know, things like that. Those are usually usually at the core of everything. Which is, I think it's really interesting too, because everything always comes down to the gut. You know, you can have like an autoimmunity thing going on, and it's always like, well, what triggered that? What triggered your Hashimoto's? Well, let's look into the into the gut and then you have, you know, dysbiosis, which is an imbalance of bacteria, and then you have a parasite or a pathogen. And we're like, hey, could that have triggered your autoimmunity? And we eradicate that and then we see the numbers improve. And it's, you know, that's really the bulk of everything I mentioned is pretty much what I see on a daily basis.
0: Right. And I think that's really interesting because most I th- you in the beginning actually of the podcast you mentioned how you were never taught to look at the body as a whole and how it all works together. So, all of the things that you did mention usually correlate with other symptoms, and one does trigger the other. Mm-hmm. Um, parasites are an interesting topic um, yeah. because they're not easy to diagnose with regular stool testing. Right. Um, and I mean, we do cohabitate with um, parasites, bacteria, and fungus. And, all yes. That kind of stuff every day, but when there's um, an overgrowth of those things, um, do you find that it's easy to eradicate um, those overgrowths, or is it is it something that you're constantly battling?
1: I think that it just becomes something that we have when when we know that it's there, we know that the so like you alluded to, so we're always in contact with pathogens and parasites and bacteria. Our body, when it's healthy, it should be able to manage that and keep it out of making a comfy home inside of our gut and then getting into our liver and stuff. But the problem becomes when we have this leaky gut and we have a lot of inflammation and then you become a host that that bug then just can get really, really comfy because there's nothing getting rid of it. And so I like to say to myself and to my clients that, If you know you have something like an H. pylori, you know, overgrowth, because H. pylori is a bacteria we have, but it could be overgrown, Um, and then we can detect parasites, it's like that's almost like your metabolic weakness that your gut needs a lot of healing because the reason that that is there is because there was such a weakness in the first place. And so eradicating it, you know, I have been taught incredible measures to eradicate things. So like Metula T for H. pylori is incredible. Um, There's all these different botanically based supplements that really do an incredible job. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, one thing is in conventional medicine, if they do detect that they'll give you antibiotics. And one really important piece for leaving out is what's called like a biofilm blaster where these, critters are like making a biofilm over themselves to protect themselves. And if we don't get rid of that and then eradicate it, then you're not like getting to the root of it. You're not like fully getting it out. So as long as, you know, you're taking the correct steps and taking the correct measures and eating right for you and following the protocol, it works. Mm -hmm. And then we just have to be very, very loving and gentle and gracious with ourselves and saying, Hey, I just like, birthed a bug like a bunch of bugs (laughs) if you have parasites and now it's time to restore and rebuild and replenish my gut because it's super depleted so as long as you are following the steps yes i think i i know from personal and professional experience it's totally achievable um but I also know that we are living in a world of instant gratification with a lot of people right now. Um, And a lot of people just aren't frankly willing to do the work. And so that is also why I always teach like a lifestyle approach and like start there. Like we can't go from zero to 60 overnight. So Hey, those bugs have probably been there for a couple of months, if not a couple of years. Let's start with the basics first so mm-hmm. that you don't, you know, go after this for two weeks and feel all motivated. And then you don't follow through on like a three month protocol mm-hmm. to actually evacuate and, you know, get them out and then restore and replenish. Otherwise it's a waste of time and it's a waste of money.
0: <laughs> yeah. It can be a big waste of money. That's for sure. And yeah. time, time on your part as a practitioner and time on the other person's part, because um, like you said, instant gratification and, and people think that it's going to happen overnight. So, yeah. yeah. And, and it's interesting, you know, because you mentioned um, bodybuilding and bikini competition and um, even clients that I'm sure you've seen when you were coaching them for weight loss or for just body composition. It's the same thing. <laughs> we, yeah, you know, we think it's going to happen overnight and it doesn't. And then people go and look for the gimmicks that are not helpful at all.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think just from my own experience of transitioning from like my striving for skinny days, I call it when I was, you know, in my early 20s, or like a later teenager into bodybuilding into healing, and now just being, you know, like a balanced woman, like I try to do yoga three days a week and lift maybe one or two days a week. And if I don't, I'm totally okay with it. And like, Mm. I cycle. And I'm just so much more at peace in my body. So I've been through a lot of transitions and seasons. And I just have to say that mindset is always the most important thing. Like if you are approaching, if you want to know what's going on and you want to know why you're having symptoms, Mm -hmm. great. We can give you the answers, but what are the answers without follow-through and without action? (laughs) And that always starts with your mindset. Like, it always starts with the thoughts that you're choosing. Um, and I'm huge on mindset. Like Mm -hmm. women that I coach probably get annoyed because I'm always like mindset, everything. Um, but because I know that it's so important because without it, you will never achieve whatever goal that you are trying to go after. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I don't know why I felt called to say that, but (laughs) I just wanted to share that proponent because of the instant gratification.
0: No, 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 and I think it has a lot to do with aligning and working with people, and even us, you know, working on our own goals. We we often forget that it's small steps, not big steps, Uh, because usually big steps are 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 too high and we can't reach them. So we need the little ones, little ones in between. So, um, Megan. What are some simple steps that you think women can take to either improve some of the symptoms we've talked about or even hormonal imbalances? Maybe you could give us uh, just a little summary of what you think would be the most impactful things.
1: Yeah, for sure. So I always say food is medicine. So start with your food. Stop getting um, the shiny object syndrome where you see these hormone balancing supplements running through on Facebook ads or Instagram ads or anything like that just know that there is no one solution. You, Your body is working together as a whole. Um, and so you get one body for your whole entire life. And so it's our responsibility to take care of it. Mm-hmm. And by taking care of it, it's just honoring the fact that it's carrying you through life every day. Like You are a spiritual being inside of a physical meat suit, basically. <laughs> and so if you want it to work for you and you want to feel really good, give it the fuel that it needs. And, you know, everybody is different and we get really analytical with it, but food works differently for every single person. The best thing we can do for ourselves is eat real food. (laughs) If it's like, you know, I always say shop the perimeter of your grocery store. There's a few things in between that you may want to get, but just be mindful of the ingredients. If you can't, there's a long list of 20 ingredients on a food that's in a package what do you think your body is going to do with that? And it's probably not going to like it so much. So the more simple it is, the more pure and real the food is, the less processed, the better. Um, So get good at making it a habit to read ingredient labels. And, you know, there's amazing apps or Dr. Google out there. If you don't know what something is, just look at it. Um, But like the EWG app, the Environmental Working Group app and their website, that's a great place to start to kind of Becoming more mindful about nutrition because your cells are only going to be made up of what you absorb. So, you want to be putting the best of the best in your body that you can, based on where you live and based on your budget, of course, but just trying to do your best for your body. Um, Another thing that is such a simple shift for all my coffee lovers out there I am a recovered coffee addict, (laughs) Um, but it's so important to not drink coffee on an empty stomach or Mm -hmm. caffeine in general, because that's essentially like pressing the gas pedal when you don't have, like, say you haven't eaten for three or four or five hours or you fasted all night because you were sleeping and your body was restoring. And then you wake up and you have a cup of coffee when your cortisol should be at its highest within the first like hour or two of your day, your energy Mm -hmm. should be great. But then we're, Giving it caffeine, and we're stepping on that gas pedal, and we don't have any gas in there. And so you get this crazy cortisol spike, and then you crash and burn, my friend. So, to set yourself up for blood sugar balance for the rest of your day, just don't have coffee on an empty stomach. Eat something first, have a glass of water, prioritize your morning routine. That's a huge thing that I always talk into as well, is just grounding yourself for the day, setting intentions for the day, even if it's five minutes. I mean, I literally spend my morning just by myself as much as possible reading and listening and journaling and looking at the day ahead. I mean, just being intentional about how you want to show up in the day, choosing the mindset of how you're going to show up in the day will make a big difference in your stress Mm and stress is everything. Um, And then one more thing I can say is prioritize your sleep hygiene, get enough sleep. That is, especially if you're experiencing symptoms, whether it's hormonally or your (laughs) GI or anything that you're experiencing, sleep is when our body is restoring. So if we're not, it's when our, our brain is even draining out the toxins, our liver is really going and restoring everything and just going into all the places that it needs to do its job. But if we're not sleeping, it can't do that. And it carries over day after day after day. Um, so sleep is supposed to be restorative. So is working out. So (laughs) stop overexercising. So, um, those are kind of like the top couple of things that came to mind when you asked that question. I hope it's helpful.
0: Mm, I think you answered so many questions, and you probably said exactly what um, a lot of listeners need to hear, whether male or female, because we all we all struggled to a certain point similarly and in other ways differently, but especially when it comes to feeling overstressed and overworked and kind of hitting rock bottom and not knowing what's going on and your doctor not listening to you, there are other practitioners who are qualified to, to help you implement different lifestyle strategies and alternative care um, uh, when when you're having a hard time uh, speaking to your doctor, anyway, yeah. Megan, thank you so much for joining us. Could you please tell everyone where we can find you on social media?
1: Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. It's been such um it's such an opportunity that I'm grateful for for I can't even talk now. <laughs> Um, but thank you so, so much. So I love hanging out on Instagram as my favorite social media platform. I am have been getting into the reels, so just trying to have more fun in life. <laughs> um, so I love to hang out on there. And then I also have a private Facebook group that I do like Women's Wellness Wednesdays and I post recipes and there's a lot of accountability in there. Um, a lot of previous clients share their journey. And so it's a nice container to kind of feel like you can just be safe and just share with what's going on. So, um, that is nourished and balanced. That's the name of my Facebook group. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, Facebook kind of sort of other than my Facebook group, but me, Instagram is just so fun to me.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's a lot more effective. I agree with you. Okay. So we can find you on Instagram and what is your Instagram handle?
1: Oh yes. It's, um, Megan joy underscore wellness. Great. So I'll make
0: sure that I put those into the um, show notes so people can find you on social media and follow what you are doing and reach out to you if they're struggling with some of those issues that you mentioned. So thank you so much for joining us right here on the Natural Solutions Podcast with Megan. Just before you go, don't forget to give this a like and follow me on Spotify and also on YouTube where you're going to be hearing this recording of this episode. And you can also find me at www.healthcoachmaya.com and find me on Instagram at Maya Natural Solutions. And don't forget that you can book a complimentary chat with me to work on your health. I work with both men and women, so please contact me and we can see how I can help you on your health journey.